Space. My name is David McGlennon, and this is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. I really appreciate you listening in. You know, if this is your first time listening in, I just want to say welcome. It, we, we talk a lot about growth around business growth, team growth, and, and personal growth. And I really love talking with people who've gone on their own growth journey and I, I love learning from them. And today we have someone, we're going to talk a lot about business growth and we're going to talk about the roadblocks to company growth. And I, I really enjoyed this conversation, but let me introduce to you our guest today. Today's guest is Courtney Durandi. She is a CPA and managing partner of TDT CPAs and Advisors. And they are a boutique advisory and accounting firm for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. They help overwhelmed, successful leaders understand and maximize financial information so that they can achieve better results and move their organization to the next level. As an owner in her firm and managing partner, she also has firsthand experience running and scaling a small business. This conversation is a really good, really good. So you're going to love it, especially if you are a business owner, a business leader, and you're looking to scale your business. We're going to talk about the four roadblocks that get in the way of us really growing and, and get in the way of us scaling our businesses. So let's get into that conversation with Courtney right now. Well, Courtney, uh, so great to have you here. Welcome to In the Growth Space. Thanks so much for having me, David. Yeah, you know, often I talk about growth around, you know, business growth and, and, and team growth and, and even personal growth. And so today I know we're going to get into business growth an awful lot, and I'm really excited about it. Tell us a little bit about your own personal you know, growth journey. Sure. I am a CPA and I'm managing partner here at TDT. Um, I started my career serving clients. And, and so as I grew in that competency around serving clients, I was very interested in understanding why any of this stuff we were doing mattered mm. and, and really pulling out like, what does this even do for the business owner or the nonprofit leader? And so in that curiosity, uh, it definitely helped me connect the purpose of what I was doing to the impact it made, you know, the, the broader impact it made on, on those clients, then recognizing the problems that they were having and how we were helping to solve them. So fairly early in my career, making that connection, I think was a big part of my growth of not just, I'm not, I'm just going through the motions. I'm doing things to like, why does this matter? And what I found was when I would explain to clients what we were doing and why, or to other team members who were new and we were training, people seem to have an kind of aha sure. moment where, oh, we've been doing this for years and no one's ever explain it. I, you know, and, and, and I just felt a lot of, um, fulfillment from helping somebody understand something that they hadn't understood before. And so that's, I think what really made it click for me and made it more fun was when I had to start 
figuring out the value and sharing it with somebody and teaching them why something mattered. And from the client perspective, not that they need to do it themselves, but that they need Mm. to understand why this mattered. That has really been a very foundational part of my growth and leadership and understanding things myself and then helping others understand them as well. Well, they often say you don't really know something unless you can teach it, you know, and and when you're teaching something, you have to know it at a deeper level. And I mean, it sounds like that kind of helped you to even just grow in your, your knowledge around, you know, the accounting work you were doing. Yeah, for sure. It just, it made things start to click and make sense. And, and it just felt more fulfilling because, and I think a lot of people find this in our jobs where if we don't really understand the bigger picture of what we're doing, then it can be mundane and discouraging and can feel disconnected. And so I I think for me, finding that earlier in my career was a really foundational um, component that has translated into lots of different things that I've done that has been an important theme, I guess, throughout my career. That doesn't sound, you know, like a typical accountant either. I mean, I, at least the accountants that I've encountered, you know, it's all about the numbers and we need to do this. We need to do that. I've never had the explanation of like, well, why are we doing this and why does this actually matter? So, I mean, that seems to be a unique twist for you. Yeah, for sure. That definitely is uh, unique. I think a lot of CPAs and advisors and other people in technical professions can get very tied up in the technical aspects of what we do. And we can forget that what we do doesn't really matter. What impact it makes on who we're doing it for, that's what matters. And to somebody about all the technical intricacies of something or the, you know, glaze over, it's because (laughs) you're positioning yourself as the hero. You're coming in like, I'm so smart and I know all of this and this is so important. And they're sitting there thinking, why? Why -hmm. does this matter? Like, what's the relevancy of this? And you come from a family of teachers and preachers. So maybe Uh, that's how it was. I don't know that it's just like kind of in my DNA to go up a level to like the greater meaning beyond this and helping under get that understanding for myself and then just feeling compelled to share it with others to get to really the value of it. Used it intentionally but you talked about the hero. And so it sounds to me like in the terms of like story brand, you yes. use yourself and your firm as the guide, as opposed to being the hero. Absolutely. Yes. I'm a huge fan of the story brand framework. And, mm-hmm. and when I learned that several years ago, when um, Donald Miller's book came out, it just made sense to me. And, and almost ruined me from hearing anybody else speak from the hero right. perspective. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm just I know. like, oh, stop. Like, stop and it's, it's just so yes. true that we are all the hero of our own story. And we're looking for someone to guide us to overcome the problems that we've got or see the transformation that we want. And if you're not telling me how you're going to be able to help me do what I'm trying to do, then you're really just kind of a clanging symbol. And that definitely gave me a more intentional framework for how, you know, we communicate internally and externally here at TDT and fit very naturally with that perspective that I had already developed of kind of why does this stuff matter? 
Well, and just as a little side note, have you happened to read Hero on a Mission yet, Donald's newest book? I have not read Hero on a Mission yet. I did. I've heard about it because I'm a big fan of the podcast. Yeah. I haven't read it yet. Have you, David? It's, uh, it's really good. Yeah, it was the first book I read this and it is really, really good. I, I, okay, I'll have to add it to my it. audible yeah, queue. Definitely, okay. <laughs> definitely add it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna love it. It's really good, and it really um, the exercises in there are really. Cool. And actually, I'm going through. I'm not gonna ruin it for everybody. I'll save my review of the book for a little later. But it's it's really good. It's really good. Real, especially if you you love Donald Miller and his writing style. Yeah, I do. I even like back to blue like jazz before he got into marketing yeah. business. But right. so yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll check it out. One. Yeah, you'll dig it. You'll dig it. Well, I know that you and your firm has gone through a great deal of running firm. I mean, you know, a little bit unusual. Like how has that occurred for you all? And what have been some of the pillars that you've used to be able to grow? We really clarified our vision and our values when we implemented EOS in 2018. So around that time, we were going through um, the retirement of our founding partners and preparing for kind of that next generation of leadership. Self and a couple of other younger partners had the opportunity to have a strong voice in the vision for the future of the firm. Our firm's been around for about 46 years now. And uh, so we're definitely a mature business, but coming into that, you know, kind of G2 of ownership and leadership partner for a long time, but moving into the managing partner role and being able to really think about where do we want to go from here? Who do we want to become? And so we utilized EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system and had an implementer really led us through the process of clarifying our vision and our values. And that was absolutely the catalyst for our change, getting clear about who we are and where we're going in terms of internal and external. I mean, it became the really kind of filter for all the opportunities and for all the people that we need to be aligned And we need to know where it is we're going before we can get anybody to go there with us. That was absolutely the catalyst for our change. You talked about the next generation of leaders in your, in your firm. And I'm curious because I'm not sure if if this up and we talked, if I shared this with you, but I, I work a lot with emerging leaders and I have something called the emerging leader inner circle. And we prepare that next generation of leadership really be capable and, you know, do things like that will help them with their confidence and their communication and creativity. Curious, you had that, you know, prior to implementing EOS, did you have some kind of program that really helped the next generation of leaders to grow? Yes. Yeah, we did actually. So we, myself and another one of my partners went through a three-year leadership development program called Emerging Leaders Academy. And it was through Upstream Academy, which is a business coaching company that is specific to the accounting profession. And sometimes I wonder if, if some of our, you know, first gen partners regret (laughs) sending (laughs) us (laughs) because (laughs) 
<laughs> because we we brought about a lot of change from what we learned and and i think i you know i say that kind of facetiously because because change is hard right yeah, and it's a lot it harder the the you know the closer you get to the end of your career the more you're like could you just wait until i'm yeah. done you know <laughs> i'm trying um, to coast here right <laughs> right yeah but yes that i mean that definitely was had a huge impact on myself and my other um, partners on just really learning about ourselves, learning about leading a team and learning about leading a business that played a huge role in our understanding of all those things before we ever even got to the EOS implementation. And then I'd say EOS built on that and gave us a framework for visioning and for running the business on a annual quarterly weekly basis and then after shortly after that i also came across michael hyatt and company and michael hyatt's books around focus and productivity and um, winning at work and succeeding at life and so that has had a huge influence on us as well and um and and really was very aligned with eos and very aligned with our vision that looked at really why do people burn out of public accounting and how can we create a firm that is counter to all of that and people burn out of the profession because of compressed work in busy season and ridiculously long hours and high demands on time and when we crafted our vision we had those things in mind and as a result the way we operate is completely different than, than the way we had in the past. And what's been really fun and I'd say rewarding for me is that what we set out to do is working. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's great. always yeah. validating. It's like, this is a big step and nobody else that we know of is doing this. And everybody's kind of like, you know, drops their jaw when you say some of the things that you're doing because they're against the, the norm. And when they work, it's like, oh, thank goodness. Because yeah, you're right, right. <laughs> when everybody's doubting you, it's kind of like, ah, oh. yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and that's so, I mean, that, that really is cool because I, I know that anytime I've ever talked to an accountant, especially in March and early April, it's, it's not a fun time of year for them. And I get it. Can you share maybe like one little snippet without being, you know, like don't, oh, don't, yeah. don't give away from your secret sauce, but yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear what, oh, you, you know, how, I mean, as, how you guys have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one, one main thing is around the hours. So it's not uncommon in our industry for people to work 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week for sustained periods of time from say now February through mid-April because of the compressed filing season and uh, for audit and tax. And we believe the research that says after 50 hours a week, you go backwards in effectiveness and productivity. We put a kind of stake in the ground and said, we're not working over 50 hours, max 50. And when I said that at the beginning of 2020 in a room full of other managing partners from firms across the country, there you could see their jaws drop. And some of them like, you mean minimum of 50? I'm like, no, I mean, <laughs> maximum of 50. <laughs> wow. And what we saw, as long as we trained them on focus and productivity, what we saw was our hours went down and our productivity went up. So just specifically in tax season of 21, our team members worked 2,500 fewer total hours 
So on average, two to 10 hours per week less than the year before per person, 2,500 fewer total, but 1,300 more billable client hours. Okay, wow. So that's- So they worked way less, but we got way more done because they were doing the right things. Yeah. And, and do you do you attribute that to- EOS or a combination between EOS and some of the things that you've taught them through Michael Hyatt and, and the business accelerator that you've been a part yeah. of? Yeah. Primarily the focus and productivity is from Michael Hyatt. Okay. I would say yeah. the the visibility around like what's causing some of the challenges, EOS, yeah, you know, sure. process and metrics and scorecards and all that right. is where we realized this is where we have to figure this out. And then Michael Hyatt's productivity, like his book, Free to Focus yes. and the training that they do. I mean, we've brought them in, they've trained our people multiple times. We, they, a lot of our team members use the full focus planner. Sure. I'm a full focus certified pro. Like okay. we are all okay. in yeah. on these tools. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I'd say EOS kind of brought it to light mm -hmm. and helped us even through the visioning process of identifying what needs to change. And mm -hmm. then Michael Hyatt and Free to Focus was really the tools that we used. And I mean, I will tell you, David, in 2020, after I made that bold statement, you know, to yeah. those managing partners, we announced this to our team. We didn't see the same, the, the results that we expected, like people okay. cut their hours, but not as drastically. Uh -huh. So going into 2021, that's where we realized we have to train more of our people on these tools. So only sure. part of our team had really been exposed to the focus and productivity training. Okay. So we were like, well, did it not work or do we double down? And we doubled down. Oh, wow. And that's, so that's the, you can't just say, you know, yeah. go home after 50 hours, you have to be really clear on what do you do in the 50 that you're here? Yeah, <laughs> right. Teach people that change of mindset around focus. I think that's really important. And I think that I listen to Michael Hyatt's podcast all the time and, and read his books. And I know that, and I'm a full focus planner user. So, you know, we're really pumping Michael Hyatt here on this podcast. Yes, we are. This is awesome. It's, <laughs> it's good yeah, stuff. I, I, yeah, it definitely is. Absolutely. Well, and I think that those tools and the productivity processes and the productivity uh, tools that um, has developed and, and, and promotes are so powerful. And I don't think that people realize there's a lot of um, extraneous activity there's a difference between busy and being productive, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I've found, at least with some of the things that from Michael Hyatt. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely, I completely agree. And I think that's how we can see those numbers that I mentioned, how the billable work went up. We did more yeah. billable work in the same time period, but we worked fewer total, I mean, by a long shot different. Amazing. And it's, so it's that people were way more intentional mm -hmm. about what they were doing and letting some of that other stuff that's not mine to do right now, wait, or right. just not happen anymore. And, and I think part of it too, is, you know, setting boundaries and right. saying right. like I, the 50 hour max. Like we're done after, yeah. you know, we're not working past this. So when you do that, you have to be clear about what are you going to do? Cause otherwise yeah. we all had that mindset of, well, I'll just do it tonight. I'll just do it this weekend. Sure. And when yeah. you're like, well, I'm not working tonight or any of yeah. these nights, then you just, it forces you to get more focused on what is it that you really need to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really powerful. So let me shift gears here for you for, on you for just a second. You 
and your firm has grown a lot, learned some things along the way. And, and I know that you've discovered some, you know, pretty common roadblocks as other companies, you know, grow and scale. And um, I'd love for you to maybe talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, Courtney, because I think that some of the things that you have to share will be really impactful for, you know, our listeners on, for companies that are, that are growing really, really rapidly. I know one of my clients in particular is growing like really, really rapidly. So I'd love to hear some of those roadblocks. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we work with small, medium, privately owned businesses and primarily in that growth stage, or they've been mature business and they're kind of going back, reinventing themselves, going back through growth again. And some common things that happen is that one of the roadblocks is people start to feel like they're just winging it. Like they don't have any consistent way of doing it. They're maybe they're making it up as they go, or it's all in their head, um, but they don't have consistent documented processes that other people can follow. And so as long as you're the one doing everything, you can kind of get by with winging it. But as you grow, you start to need more people to help you. And if you don't have, this is the way we do it here for them to follow, everybody's just winging it. And then chaos ensues and that can cap people's ability to grow to the next level. So that's one of the major roadblocks we see is that kind of aversion to process documentation. Like that's the last thing most business owners, entrepreneurial visionary type people want to do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean that they have to do it. Like I, I would right. be an advocate for, they shouldn't be the ones to do it. Great. <laughs> there are people within your business or that you can hire like TDT that will, that have this kind of MO, this high systematized, like that's, they love it. They love to figure out what's happening, find a way to make it more efficient, document it all, clarify roles and responsibilities, you know, and then you can follow it or you can have your team follow it. Um, So that's, that is the first roadblock. Love it. Love it. Another roadblock. I'd love to be able to just kind of hear what's processes so that, you know, we're not just running around chaotic. What's next? Yeah. So then, and this one really ties into that. So the next one is that you don't know if you've got the right people doing the right things. Mm. So sometimes you don't even know what your people are doing. Yeah. Yeah, And this is all really about clarifying roles and responsibilities and making sure that you've got the right people doing the right things. And this starts with the leader and the business owner. How are you spending your time? What is your highest leverage work Mm, that you do? Where do you bring the most value? Where are the things that if you don't do them, nobody else can do? And what's the opposite of that? What's the things that you're doing that somebody else absolutely could or should be doing? And so this comes down to really understanding what are the roles within your business and who do you have? What are their gifts, skills, abilities, desires? What's their Colby MO? What's their Enneagram? You know, any of those tools, those are some that we use, but how do you get the Jim Collins uh, bus metaphor, the right people in the right seats on the bus? That's typically another roadblock is I've got people, I don't know what to do with them or I've got people, I don't know what they're doing, or I know I need people. I'm not sure what I'd have them do. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm not even sure I have people and I'm not sure they're in the right spots too. Right. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. and so you mentioned a couple of tools and I'm curious if you have other tools that you use to make sure that 
like, or to evaluate the, your mm-hmm. people. Um, you, you mentioned Colby and, and Enneagram. I'm familiar with both of those. Yep. Yeah. The other others. one we use is StrengthsFinder. Yeah. We, we do use StrengthsFinder as well. And so the, so Colby is a big one in terms of job fit. Okay. Um, yeah. because that is, you know, the, for maybe some of your listeners don't know that Colby is a conative assessment. It's how you instinctively behave or act. Okay. So it's not personality. Right. Enneagram is, is personality. So this is really about your tolerance for risk, um, how you okay. feel about process, okay. whether you're a visual or a, um, like more tactile person okay. and how, what your, um, uh, kind of a summary of the four areas yeah. and okay. different jobs require different ways of being. being and so the yeah. more you understand what this job needs and you know what your person has you can fit you can act, I mean there's actually a right fit that Colby does yeah. um and and that we and we use that with our with our own hiring as well yeah. to make sure we've got the right people yeah. um because otherwise you can get, I think, pulled into like, I really like this person. They're really dynamic. They're really passionate. Yeah. <laughs> but if I hire them to document my processes and systems and they are, you know, their Colby score in that particular area, the second area is really low. Yeah. That means they're a winging it person. They yeah. love to wing it. They don't want right. processes. They feel controlled by it. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody with a high you know, score there, they, they could do it all day long. They'd love Maybe it. And somebody in the middle up. is more like, I'll follow your processes, but I don't really want to, you know, yeah. write them. So understanding that and realizing there's, you know, those are tools. I'm sure there's others too, but yeah. that that's just an important part of it. And people can get stuck in the, with this roadblock of like, I've got these people and they're not working out, mm, you know? And yeah, so sure. sometimes the issues that come, it could be process mm-hmm. or yeah. it could be people. And a lot of times we think it's the people and it could be the process, or it could just be, it's not the right matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. So, all right. So what's it, what's our third? Yeah. So the third one is we see people putting a lot of trust in their bookkeeper. Ah, okay. So this yeah, can talk cause, a little bit about that. Yeah. yeah, this can cause a couple of problems. So a lot of times when somebody does hand off their finances to a bookkeeper, maybe they've been doing it themselves and they bring in an employee, yeah. they tend to all of a sudden completely hand it off. And all of a sudden they are kind of flying blind. Like they don't mm-hmm. really know how things are going anymore because mm-hmm. they've just totally outsourced that. Oh, and so yeah. you definitely want to outsource the transaction processing and the reconciliation and all that, but you still want to make sure you have good reporting yeah. that's relevant to your business. So you can stay in tune with how things are going. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. issue can be, especially if you've hired somebody internally, is there's a lot of fraud risk that can go into having somebody with complete access and control. I mean, we've had clients that don't even know how to access their accounting system or get access to their banking because they're just like, that's, you know, that's Susie. Yeah. Susie does all that, you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, um, and so, so on the one hand, you know, you don't have good information on kind of worst case scenario is somebody who otherwise is a good person that, you know, you maybe have put a lot of trust in, if you've given them opportunity and they have some crisis and some deep financial need, and they have a way to rationalize it, 
the, there's three elements of the fraud triangle. Those are two of them. The third is opportunity. If you've given them opportunity and yeah. they've got this deep issue and they can rationalize it, I'll pay it back. Or, you know, yeah. this guy's a jerk or, you know, whatever it is, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah. then like the psychology shows that fraud most likely will occur. So you don't want to give anybody an opportunity. Like right. if you have, if you have controls in place and oversight in place, mm -hmm. um, that can prevent that too. So there's kind of two aspects of that roadblock around placing way too much trust in one person. I've got to believe Courtney, that that's a huge one, especially for smaller businesses, because, you know, you've got a small business and you're, maybe you've grown to the point where you are able to offload uh, or hire a bookkeeper and um, that can be really tempting, especially for that entrepreneurial type. They're just saying, Ugh, you know, have at mm -hmm. it, you know? So I think that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, for all of you listeners who are in that position, maybe you're an entrepreneur and you've just grown to a point where you're thinking about outsourcing, be really careful with this, this roadblock, because this could be a, uh, an, an issue in, you know, in your growth and, you know, I know uh, someone who offloaded all of their financial information and they had somebody that did embezzle and they also didn't pay their taxes and said, showed up their door and, you know, basically was pulling everything out of their place. And, you know, that's, that's a bad, that's a bad day. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah. I've, I mean, I've had a situation of a client came to us after that occurred, you know, looking to outsource going forward and, and, you know, this person was getting the mail too. So, the, so all those notices from the IRS, they're snatching them, you know, they were Photoshopping stuff. They, they, the business paid for Photoshop licensing that the person used. It's just, oh, no. yeah. I mean, it can be absolutely incredibly damaging. And, and so when, so we provide outsourced accounting for clients and we segregate our teams, just like you would in an internal finance department, okay. we have controls across our team because we don't ever want to give any of our people the opportunity. So if we pay bills for somebody, somebody else is approving them. If, you know, if, if we write checks, somebody else is reconciling the bank account. And so, uh, and so in some cases, clients have an internal bookkeeper and we provide that oversight reconciliation review just to give them that segregation that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that's a really big roadblock um, to, to, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, company growth. All right. So we've, we've got camp covered three of those. What's the, what's the last one? The fourth yeah. One? So the last one is you feel like you need an interpreter to translate all your reports and spreadsheets. Ah, so yeah. we find a lot of business owners typically don't spend a lot of time looking at the profit and loss out of their accounting software they have a spreadsheet or a couple reports that they've manipulated or that they get data or that they're like updating themselves or looking at the bank statement or they're looking at some other system. And that's how they really know how they're doing, but how it ties to what shows up on the financial statements or the profit loss, the tax return, mesh it all together. And so then they really don't know how they're doing and they're not sure what, which of these reports is accurate and once you get past the accuracy so then what does this even mean how is this relevant and so that's the the fourth roadblock is just feeling like i don't even know what this says if it's right and kind of what it means about how do i make decisions based on this well and and i think that the typical entrepreneur 
who is averse to you know processes and who may have the uh, if you're familiar with the strengths you know maybe they're they, maybe they're a woo you know and so <laughs> they they like to be able to be out there and and you know the details are not so much I, I think that that's something that every leader of a business needs to be aware of so that they can overcome this roadblock yeah and one of the things we do to help with this is data visualization. Okay. So we give our clients visual dashboards that show the trends in their key metrics. So we're working with them up front at the beginning to figure out like what's most crucial, understanding their business model and what drives the business, what would be most important for you to see. Then we create a dashboard that takes the financial information and presents it in charts and graphs oh, and nice. trends so that they can see it. Just our brains process data visually so much easier than a bunch of rows and spreadsheets. Now, some of us like me, I, okay. I can do spreadsheets all day long, but yeah. most people can't. And even for me, seeing it visually is tremendously more efficient and effective. And so we'll put it into a dashboard. We record a short video where our team's like walking them through what this means to them. Okay. And that cool. that's that translation. That's where you can see, oh, now I get what what has happened this month and what does this mean um, about my margins or my pricing or my mm -hmm. cash flow or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so just, but, but without that, people can feel like they need a translator or like they're flying blind or, you know, whatever. Right. Well, and, and I know that too, a little bit uh, offline before we started uh, recording, one of the things that you help businesses do to overcome, you know, one of these roadblocks is, is to really help them optimize some of their processes. And talk a little bit about that, because I think that for those entrepreneurs who are not too interested in the details and process oriented, they'll follow them, but how do we get them to a place where they're optimized and we know that they're really, really working for us? Yeah, so we have an engagement, we call it process optimization, and actually addresses any or all of these four roadblocks. Yeah. So what we're doing in this engagement is understanding your current processes, mm -hmm. and then we're looking for ways to make them more efficient and effective mm -hmm. and clarifying roles and responsibilities, mm -hmm. who does what, when, yeah. Yeah. and we're looking at what are the end results that you need to get from your reports and making sure that when we factor in roles and responsibilities and processes, the information is being captured at the appropriate level of detail so that when you run reports, you, the input's already been there. But if you, if you don't understand that at the, you know, transactional level, then you, you can't get it out later. So our process optimization engagement is really, what are you doing now? How can we improve it, make it better, more efficient and get you the results that you need? And then business owners walk away with documented processes that have been refined mm -hmm. to automate as much as possible and to integrate systems and then to clarify who does what, when. Um, so really addressing all of those and that rules and responsibilities where you get into that um, segregation of duties so that you don't have one person doing everything. So everything. yeah, so that engagement actually addresses any or all of the four roadblocks. Love it. I love it. Well, you know, and I think that sometimes we don't realize the things that are 
roadblocks for us or, or even blind spots. And, and I think that just having you talk about these, I think is really helpful for business owners who, who want to grow or who are growing really fast right now. And I think there's really a great need for that. So I'm, I'm really glad that you're sharing um, these tools because I know that somebody's listening that is thinking, oh my gosh, I do have Sally doing, you know, get picking up the mail and doing all of these things. And mm-hmm. I need to stop that right now. <laughs> for sure. And, and we've had clients too, who are growing rapidly. And before they add that next location, they want to really make sure that like how we're doing it here is the way. And then we're going to replicate it over and over again. But if we go into the second location, I'll chaotic with all these things that I just mentioned, it's just going to be double chaos. And so we've had a lot of clients do it for that perspective. Like before I go to this next level, I want to really nail down my processes and and all these things. So that's been a a very popular use for it as well. Yeah. I love that. I really do. Courtney, what else do, do business owners need to know about these roadblocks or, or anything else that we haven't covered today that you think would be really helpful for for companies that are really growing, because I know there's a lot of them out there. I, you know, we, I talk to business owners right now who they're, they're leading growth, even, you know, even as we're coming out of the pandemic, I know there are a lot of businesses out there and, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious, is there anything else that, that you would recommend for them to, to consider? Yeah. I, and I think that really understanding how your business makes money is really crucial, like where it makes money, the the business model that you're in and of all the things you do, what is really most profitable and what most aligns with your purpose and the needs of your customers. So I think that's where things can start to get sideways is if you're really passionate about something, but it's not very profitable, that can go downhill yeah, <laughs> um, or if you're not really fully aware of the costs, all the costs that go into that, you know, you might think it's more profitable than it really is. Um, so I think that's one thing. And then the other is that alignment with what do your customers need? What are the problems that they solve and how can you, so- what is it that you do that solves those problems in a profitable way? Like that's where you want to double down and focus on doing more of, and you have to let some of that other stuff go that isn't as profitable. That's what we've had to do, which can be scary as that's been a big part of our growth is saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. And here's what we're not going to do anymore. And people can freak out over that. And it's, it's risky. And you think, well, what if we don't replace it? You know, I get it, but if you try to do it all, you won't do any of it well. So I think getting really clear about that, that mix of what mm. you love to do, what you're good at, what you can do profitably that aligns with what your people, your customers need and starting to prune away the other stuff that no longer fits or is no longer relevant. I love that, Courtney. I really do. Because I think that too often we do things just because we have a passion for them. And if they're not profitable, why not stop doing those things? Even though we're passionate about it, if there are other things that are more profitable and still align with our mission, I, yeah, that's really good advice. Really good advice. Well, Courtney, how can people get it in touch with you? Um, how can they learn more about, you know, these roadblocks and, and even your, your process optimization, um, you know, engagement? 
Yes, absolutely. So um, I am on LinkedIn and I do a video every week. I would love to connect with you on LinkedIn. So you can find me at Courtney Durandi. It's D-E-R-O-N-D-E. -E. And then also you can find us online at tdtpc.com slash growth space. And on that page, you can get access to my LinkedIn or any of my contact information, but also what we have there a little bit more information, a few videos talking a little bit more about these um, different roadblocks. And we have a, a pricing calculator where you can put in some of your specific details um, confidentially and get a price quote to see what a process optimization engagement would cost you. Glad to schedule discovery calls from there too to talk more one-on-one -on -one and see if it might be a good fit for, um, for the, the businesses of your listeners. Well, thank you so much. This has been really uh, insightful, and I, I, there, there's so many uh, great things that I'm I'm pulling out of it uh, too, especially around the focus. And and I'm just blown away at you guys working fewer hours, yet your billable hours went up so significantly. That's that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And, and like I said before, I'm always thrilled when like a big idea like that, that's kind yeah. of controversial <laughs> plays out. Score. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been amazing to see our team really still clients being better served and our teams having more time to be with their family, to work on their hobbies, their health. It's, it's been tremendously valuable. It's all about, well, thank you so much, Courtney. Appreciate you being here and uh, thanks. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, David. Well, that was a great conversation and I really appreciated all of the insights that, that Courtney had, especially around the, the why uh, we're doing things. I, I think when we think about numbers and things from a, a CPA perspective and our finances, um, we forget that there's a reason why we're doing certain things. And I think that from uh, her perspective of understanding why we're doing things, that really does make a huge difference. And, and speaking of differences, I, I thought that it was really uh, an interesting insight to the, the difference that it makes to position yourself and your company as the guide rather than the hero. Um, and, 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 and that is such a, a key to successful growth. Um, clarifying your vision and your values, uh, totally important. And, and I really uh, would add to that, that not only clarifying your vision and your values, but articulating the behaviors of success, the fundamentals for your success, for your culture. And that is as, as well an important step to take for your own business growth. Now, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, uh, especially around a, a, a CPA firm, is that building um, their emerging and next generation leaders was really important to them. And it had a huge impact on the growth of the firm. And, and so those people got to learn how to lead and, and really even vision for the future through an emerging leader program. It's really why I'm so passionate about my emerging leader inner circle program. So if you wanna know a little bit more about that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, the other the other thing that was really, really interesting was just being able to to focus and put constraints around the business. I mean, you don't necessarily hear uh, CPAs and accountants talking about reducing the hours of work. But I thought it was really interesting to hear that they put constraints around the hours that they were going to work. And yet, 
um, they build more hours. Um, so they were working way less, but got a lot more done by doing the right things. And, and you know, I think that the full focus planner and, and the system uh, that she uses, I use uh, from Michael Hyatt and company um, is, is such a great tool. It's, it's, it's the same system that I use and that I uh, use in my work. Um, uh, super uh, shout out to Michael Hyatt and company, which is now rebranded to the name Full Focus. And I would love to have you on the podcast. Not that you're listening, but if you are, <laughs> I would love to have Michael Hyatt on on the uh, on the podcast. But but setting boundaries around our work for, for, forces us to be really hyper focused, and I find that true even in my own work, especially as uh, we're getting ready to to um, embark on not only the the turning point event, but also the the growth of our inner circle programs. Now, the things that I thought were roadblocks to growth that, that Courtney shared were just not having consistent documented processes. And I, I, I know that's true for any business. You have to have documented processes. You also have to get the right people and, and having them do the right things and, and really understanding their giftings, their strengths, and, and how they best work. I also thought it was really interesting to uh, look at trust in your bookkeeper and not relinquishing that that trust um, or not relinquishing the reporting um, and, and, and really staying in tune with what's happening in your organization. The other thing that um, is a roadblock that, that Courtney shared was really feeling like you need an interpreter for your financial statements, but being able to look at a financial statement and understand what's going on and then make decisions from those statements um, is really important and, and really understanding how your company is making money and how the, 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 the profitability is. Um, and making sure that those things are aligned and then letting go of those products or services that really aren't aligned with where your, your vision is. So these were some really great topics for companies that are, are really growing. And, and I really appreciated Courtney's um, time on our, our show today. So if you want to connect with uh, Courtney, uh, these, of course, will be in the show notes, but connect with her on LinkedIn. Uh, also, uh, there's a special page that you can go to www.tdtpc.com forward slash growth space. And if you're listening to this on Monday, the 28th of February, when it releases, this is the last day of our early bird pricing for Turning Point. So if you're planning to come to the event, go get registered right away before our regular pricing takes effect. And, and also um, the, the bonus call with Paul Martinelli goes away uh, once our regular pricing goes into effect. But please share this episode with someone you think that will enjoy uh, these business growth tips and, and make sure to rate and review the podcast as well. If you subscribe, you're going to get bonus episodes like we aired last week with my good friend, Greg Krim. He, he has an amazing personal and business growth story relating to Turning Point. So be sure you go listen to that and, of course, subscribe. And next week, we have an incredible growth story with an Inc. 5000 fastest growing company CEO, guy by the name of Jeremy Miner. So be sure that you catch that episode. 
So until then, keep growing and be well.